then we have the old curmudgeon that says happiness only comes from happenings and all of this and et cetera and et cetera, et cetera. But Jesus, Jesus has taught us in his word that he wants us to be happy. Jesus cares about your happiness. Blessed, we get that from a Latin word. Uh, the beatitude comes from the Latin word. Blessed means happiness. And what we are seeing is Jesus doesn't want us to live a life of misery. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. But unfortunately, what happens is as humans, we begin to look in the wrong places for happiness. We begin to look in all of the wrong places. Matthew chapter 5, blessed are the meek, in verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. For they shall inherit the earth. Um, this past week I knew that I was going to be teaching and preaching on this passage. And I did a kind of a perusal through the internet. On I just googled, blessed are the meek, and listened to various sermons from different denominations, from different people, to just to get their take on it. And all of them say essentially about the same thing. They say that, you know, when it comes to meek, meek is power under control, and that um, it's all about this inner attitude where you are uh, just suppressing or you're holding back all of your fleshly emotions and you're just, you're just this even-keel, mild-mannered person. Is that what Jesus had in mind when he said, Blessed, happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. There's such a thing called biblical illusion. I don't know if you've heard of that or not. Biblical illusion, and I've tried to teach this before, biblical illusion is when Jesus oftentimes is teaching, he'll refer to an Old Testament scripture. Sometimes his, it's an answer to a question that was asked, and you think on the surface, you think, now, I don't see how that his answer or that scripture matches up with what he's talking about. Biblical illusion was a teaching method implored by the rabbis. Jesus was a master at it. Biblical illusion says this, when Jesus gave a verse, he not was just only talking about that one verse, but the verses before it and the verses after it, all in context. That's what biblical illusion is. And here, believe it or not, Jesus goes back and pulls a verse out of the Old Testament Psalm 37.11, if you will go over there, it will be on the screen. Psalm 37.11, and he says this, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Jesus is standing on the mount. He is talking to his disciples. He's teaching them. There's a great crowd there. His target audience is his disciples. And Jesus tells them an Old Testament passage that the meek shall inherit the earth. What does meek mean? Meek means mildness of disposition, a gentleness of spirit. And if I were going to define what meekness means in the life of our lives or life of any human for that matter, I would want to define it as Jesus defines it. Why would Jesus, speaking to them, refer to an Old Testament passage if there was not something in that Old Testament passage that were pertinent for what they needed to know about meekness. So let's go back to Psalm 37 and verse 1. I want you to see this. It, it, it occurred to me 
that he has laid out for us a picture of what meekness is. According to him, not according to Merriam-Webster, not according to the free online dictionary, but according to Jesus, because in, in the end, it doesn't matter what Merriam-Webster says. It doesn't matter what Wikipedia says. Correct me if I'm wrong, Wikipedia is not even considered a reliable source. You can't use it. Uh, teacher, Carrie, am I right? I, well, the kids don't have to say it at your class. I'm sorry, she teaches elementary. But uh, Bryce, the college doesn't accept Wikipedia. Anybody can add to that. So anybody can define anything they would want to. But the point is, how does Jesus define it? Because that's what matters. So let's go back and let's read Psalm 37, verse 1. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. First of all, the meek do not fret. I love this word fret. Nobody uses the word fret anymore. Do not fret. And immediately we think, when we talk about this word fret, we go, our minds go immediately to worry, right? Or anxious. But it also means not to be angry. In the original Hebrew term, fret, it means not to be angry. The meek understand this. The meek know that we are not to fret. You know, a lot of people are looking around the world and they're going, the world is going crazy. Can, can I get an amen? I mean, the world is going crazy faster than we can actually take it in. Who's with me on that? I mean, it is going, it's not like adding, it's multiplying. And a lot of times we look at evil people and we think, how in the world could they do that? And we begin to fret and our insides get all torn up because what's happening in Washington, what's happening in Seattle, what's happening here, what's happening there, and we're all, the, the, the person that's meek doesn't concern himself with that. He, nor does he, Look at the wicked with envy. How many of you have ever noticed this? Can I, can I ask you honestly? How many of you have ever noticed this? How many of you ever noticed that it seems like there are some people who are wicked and, and it just, they just get everything they want? It just falls in their lap and they don't even care about the Lord. They don't even know the Lord. They're as far apart. Wicked is, I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And people look and they think about this and they think, you know, how in the world? Here I am trying to serve the Lord. Listen, the meek don't do that. The meek don't do that. Why? I'm not going to be envious. Listen, do you, if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you've got far more than any wealthy person has. You are richer than anyone in Hollywood who's living a life of sin and misery. It's terrible. We have a relationship with the Lord. And the meek understand this. We don't envy them. I'm not going to waste my time wanting what they got. Because they're not happy with what they got. They're not. And we look at the billionaires and, and we look at these companies and how these companies take advantage of their, their workers and they, they do all this and they oppress people. and You know, it, it kills me. There are some people in the United States of America who are supposed to be on this uh, social agenda of helping people and they own companies that make products in other countries that are made by slaves. 
Don't be envious. A meek person is not looking at the evil people and saying, I want what they've got. I want what they got. Why? Because they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. So, the meek don't fret over the evildoers. Listen, we're going to have an election in what, 2024, I think is when the election is. And that night, people are going to stay up late and they're going to worry and they're going to fret and they're going to get up the next day and they're going to, families are going to be torn apart. Friends, lifelong friends are going to be torn apart. And people are going to fret over those things because, because they're not meek. It doesn't matter who gets elect, elected president to us, really. It's too far gone, guys. The political process is too far gone. Number three, the meek trust in the Lord. The meek trust in the Lord. You know why they don't fret over evildoers? You know why they don't look at the evil and say, I want what they got because their trust is in the Lord. Their trust is in the Lord. And this is hard. It is hard to trust in the Lord. It's easy to talk about. But it's very difficult to trust in that bad test result you get at the doctor's office. You want to worry about it. And you want to Get on the internet and you want to research it. Don't do that. They'll have you dead in three minutes. And we, we want to do these things. The meek doesn't do that. The meek says, you know, it's in the hands of the Lord. It's in the hands of the Lord. This is, when I started reading this, I started thinking about this. I'm thinking, man, I see it now. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Stay where you are. Don't run around when things get bad. Don't don't quit on what you're supposed to do and feed on His faithfulness. When the the meek understand when things get tough, we go to the Lord. Where was Jesus arrested? He was arrested in the garden. What was He doing? He was talking to the Father. He was talking to the Father. And so we see this, the meek... Trust in the Lord. Do I struggle? Yes, I struggle. Do I sometimes um, wishy-washy and worry? It seems like to me the older I get, the more I worry. Is anybody else with me? Some of you older folks tell me it gets better. (laughs) Um, Give us some hope. No, I'm just kidding. But see, the meek understand that wallowing in it, it's not going to make it any better. You ever been there? Has anyone here ever worried about something all night and the thing you worried about didn't come to pass and you wasted all that and your stomach was all torn up? Is anybody else with me? Am I the only one? Sure we have. See, you know what this tells me? This tells me is I don't understand what meekness is. I know the definition. I know what the definition It's a mildness of disposition. And I don't mean um, Jesus... Was, had, he was the, the personification of meekness. But he turned 
the money tables over. And he ran the money changers out with a whip. See, the meek trust in the Lord. They stay near him and they feed on his faithfulness, not theirs. They understand that. Number four, the meek delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. The meek are happy with the Lord. Happy with the Lord. Do you realize, as a born-again believer, you can talk to God anytime you want to? Do you realize that the Bible says that he never, never sleeps nor slumbers? God's never asleep on the job when you got something going on in your life. And you, you, you just feel like that it's the end of the world. He's, he's fully aware. He is fully aware. And the meek person derives his delight, his happiness, his fulfillment in life with his relationship with Christ. And I'm seeing this more and more and more and more in our land. A lot of people want fulfillment from their spouse. Listen, you can't put that on your spouse. Your spouse cannot make you whole. Only Jesus can make you whole. Your spouse can't make you happy. Your spouse is not... Um, it's not her obligation. It's not his obligation to make you happy. It's your problem. And your happiness can only be tied to the Lord. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you love Jesus? Come on now, this is the class participation. Now listen, if I told you that tomorrow morning at 7.30 at your house, if you were to get up and you were to meet Jesus, Jesus was going to be there and you could have fellowship with him and you were going to read the word together and he was going to speak to you through his spirit and you could see him face to face and you could talk to him. How many of you, honestly, now I want you to be honest, how many would get up? Now how many would you get up about 7.31 and say, oh Lord, wait, I'm coming, I'm coming. But now listen to me. Here's the, here's the key. We walk by faith, not by sight. Yet every day, most people in here, if we're honest, your pastor included, every day it's a struggle to be in the Word of God, isn't it? Are we delighting in the Lord or not? It's no problem for us to uh, wake up and turn up our alarm and our finger slides over to that little blue and white F on our phone called Facebook and scroll through there for 20 minutes before we get out of bed? It's easy. But do we really delight ourselves in the Lord? We can stay up late at night and watch the Reds win in extra innings or watch the football game. We can get excited Grown men shaving their chest hair, the letter of their favorite team, and get on television and scream and act like an idiot. We can't carve out a few minutes of our day to just sit and praise and glorify our Savior. But the meek, the meek know this. The meek know this. They know that my delight the highlight of my day is being with the Lord. That's the highlight of my day. 
Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, this doesn't mean that if you're spending time with the Lord, and in your heart you desire to have a 1969 Shelby GT500, can I get an amen, Mustang, some of you Chevy guys, just sitting there saying, what? It doesn't mean that. This is not materialistic. This is what you and I really need. He gives us the desires of our heart. The closer you get to Christ, the more time you spend with Christ, it's amazing, the more your desires center around Him. In our Saturday morning um, Bible study. I meet with some fellows every Saturday. Sometimes we miss because of things, but most every Saturday we meet. A few weeks ago, we were discussing how in our churches and in our own personal life, our desire to personally see people come to faith in Christ has dwindled. We don't talk about soul winning anymore. We don't talk about reaching people, we, we, we've crossed over into behavior modification. We want to preach do-nots and the do's. And we want to preach politics and all these things. And we've moved away from the centrality of the gospel. It is the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save men. The power is in the gospel. And when our delight is in the Lord, we will delight in seeing people come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's a delight to look out and see Brother Patrick sitting there and to be able to call him Brother Patrick. That's living. And the meek understand that. And I have so far to grow in my life. I have so far to grow in this. Number five, commit your way to the Lord. Verse five, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. The meek are committed to the Lord. The meek know how to give things to the Lord. Paul Arthur was a great man. Man of God. Visit with him many different times and I remember visiting him in the hospital and this was about right before he died and I was, he didn't have his hearing aid in and I was down leaning and I was talking to him and, and he was just like, man, I, I'm, I'm ready. Whatever God does, I'm good. And he meant it. You know, some people say that and they just say it trite words. They don't really mean it. They want to sound all spiritual. This guy meant it. He meant it. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And I was just sitting there talking with him and he said, you know, I asked the Lord to let me live long enough to where the weather's not bad so the people that would come to the funeral didn't have to come out in the bad weather. <laughs> yeah. What? That's the meek. The meek have a totally different disposition. They're not fighting God. They're not mad at God. They're not sitting down, God, we got to have a talk. God, whatever you want. I'm going to commit this way to you. And I will tell you, this makes for great preaching, but it makes for tough living. 
<laughs> it makes for tough living to take your hands off something. When that one that you love more than anything in the world is slipping away into everlasting life, into eternity, and you're pleading, it's tough to commit your ways. But if you notice what it says, if you commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Now, in all these things I'm telling you, I've only been telling you what the meek are. But if you will look in these, you will see that tied to with what the meek are is the happiness. For instance, trust in the Lord in verse 3 and do good, dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. It's a blessing of His faithfulness. In verse number 4, delight yourself in the Lord. The meek delight themselves in the Lord. And what will He do for the meek? He will give you desires of your heart. You see what He's saying? He's saying the happiness is tied to the meekness. When you are meek, these are results of the meek. When you um, commit your way to him in verse 5 and trust in him also, he shall bring it to pass. That's the blessing of the meek. Look at verse 6. He shall bring forth your righteous as the light and your justice as noon day. These are the blessings of of the meek. These are the blessings. Notice what else he says. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Who likes to wait? If you like to wait, you are missing something. Your elevator doesn't go to the top floor. Now I'm just telling you God's honest truth. Now here I am studying meekness and I'm behind some, I got behind two people today driving 35 mile an hour in a 55 mile zone and does anybody know what that does to somebody who struggles like I do? Did I have anywhere to be of significance? No. No. So here I am thinking about this, the meek, and I'm like, would you get out? Okay, Lord. I'm glad I'm by myself. And the people look in the rearview mirror, and I'm having this conversation, talking to the Lord like this, and they think, that guy's crazy. <laughs> and they're right. They're right. Nobody likes to wait, but the meek understand and they rest, and they rest. My good friend says, gist, G-I-S-T, and I'm not going to tell you what it means, you have to figure it out on your own. Think about it. Rest in the Lord, actually it means give it some power, okay? G-I-S-T, I didn't want you to be mad at me going out didn't tell me what just said. Y'all been Googling it. Everybody Googles everything now. Just give it some time. Just give it some time. We're in a frantic society. If someone texts you and you don't text them back immediately, I wonder what's wrong with them. And they start texting question marks. You know what I mean? And then it goes to capital letters. And then it's like two question marks. And then it's emojis. I don't even want to go there. Because I don't even, I think emojis are crazy. But anyways. But we don't like to wait and rest in the Lord. We're so impatient. But the meek understand that God's got it. God's got it. Sister Nora loved the song, I'm a winner either way. If I go, 
or if I stay. Right? Me. The me. The me. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. He brings it up again. Watch. Watch out for those fellows that are not walking with the Lord, that are prospering, and you start thinking about them, their prosperity, and you start thinking, you know, and the devil starts turning against the Lord, and here you are telling the Lord, well, they're wicked, and I here I am trying to serve you, and here I am, here I am, here I am. Listen, you're not qualified to do that. Because none of us are worthy to stand before the Lord. I love Chuck Swindoll. I love Chuck Swindoll. And he was teaching the other day. I mean, he is just... He is solid and he's getting older and he was teaching I was listening to it and he said just stop it stop saying I'm not worthy everybody knows you're not worthy quit playing that card you know you're not surrender yourself to the Lord surrender yourself to the Lord listen rest in him rest that's what the meat do that's what the meat do I'm, I'm told there was a story of a man who was about to be beheaded. And the next morning he was going to be beheaded because of his faith in Christ. And he was in prison with others and others knew that he was going to be beheaded. And he decided that he would lay down and sleep. And he slept and the other prisoners thought, what in the world? So they woke him up and said, how could you sleep knowing you're dying tomorrow? He said, well listen, I told the Lord about it. And there's no reason for both of us to stay up all night and worry about it. He's got it. I'm going to bed. The next morning, something happened. I don't remember the whole story, but something happened, and they, they released him and let him go, and he, didn't, he wasn't killed. It's meek. It's meek. It's that inward disposition of, of rest, knowing that God's got it. Either way, he's got it. And I'm telling you, I struggle. I'm not standing up here saying that I'm anything close to become being meek. But I want to be meek. Verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. This is, this is huge right here. The meek let things go. They stop being angry. There are people who live in families that haven't spoken in years because they're angry over something stupid that happened back then. There are people who have left churches because they didn't agree with what something else did. Listen to me. Cease from your anger. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about that. When you're meek, you leave it to the Lord. You pray for Him. People struggle. People do dumb things. Even believers do things that are dumb and, 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 and sinful. Let it go. Why? Because it only causes you harm. It only eats at you. 
Some of you have been offended by someone years ago and you are upset about it and it's eating you and they, they've already forgotten about it. They're living great life, not worried about it and you're fretting over it and you're fuming over it and you're upset and they're just going on like nothing ever happened. It's only going to eat you up. They will answer to God. You can't make them repent. You can't make them capitulate. Let it, let it go. Stop. Stop. Let it go. Husbands and wives. Years of marriage and fighting over something stupid, something insignificant that happened. And they're arguing over it. And they're fighting. And they're feuding. Let it go. Let it go. I'm almost convinced that hearing problems, when men become hard of hearing, is probably a blessing. Not that I'm saying that they don't want to hear what you got to say, but sometimes, ladies, when you come at them and you say something, they don't hear it, and it just diffuses itself. Right? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> we do. One fellow said he's convinced that most men don't need hearing aids. They need a haircut. <laughs> but um, hair growing out of your ears, okay. Okay. Cease from your anger. We get angry about things. We get angry about we watch. How many of you? How many of you here still watch the news? Don't, I'm not getting on yet. How many of you still watch like the news, the cable news, and all the all the garbage on there? How many of you get mad when you watch it? Now tell the truth. Tell the truth. You're in the house of God. And you're not going to tell the truth. Okay. Yeah, you do. Let cease. You know what? They do that to make you angry to get ratings. They, there were even preachers that used to stir up controversy so that they could get out in front of the controversy, take donations, and lead through the controversy. Just cease from anger. The meek person says, I'm not going to get involved in that. I'm going I'm to enjoy life. I'm going to enjoy life. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. Fretting is only going to cause you harm. Now what happens? Well look here, in verse 9 he tells us what happens to those evildoers who seemingly are doing well this, this, this time of life. For evildoers shall be cut off. Did you get that? Evil shall be cut off. Don't envy them. Mourn for them. Pray for them. They're going to be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But, in contrast to the wicked being cut off, but the meek shall inherit the earth. Now, is he talking about the land? If we are meek, are we going to have the actual physical land? Some people believe he's talking about the land in the millennial kingdom. But I believe... What he is telling us is this. That when you and I are meek, we're really meek. We're, we're following the example of Jesus and his meekness. All the things that we missed out on, all the things that we forsook for the Lord, God's going to give back to us in a greater way. 
you a question. How many of you love peace? Can you put the value on peace? Do you know that Psalm 119.165 says, Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. What's your peace? You see, the meek person understands that it's, it's all about the Lord. They trust in Him. They delight in Him. They commit their ways to Him. They rest in Him. And regardless of the situation, and because they do that, they're not concerned about the evildoers. They're not focused on them. They're focused on Christ. And as a result, He, in turn, will give them, He will give them the inheritance that they deserve. You know, let me just show you something. A perfect example. Would you go to Matthew chapter 26 with me? I want to show you, and you by now you know who the perfect example is. It's Jesus. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 47, And while he was speaking, still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve with a great multitude, with swords, clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one sees him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand, drew his sword, and struck off the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, Put your sword in his place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father and He will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? How then could the Scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat with you daily teaching in the temple, and you did not seize me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Jesus has just been in the garden praying. He has just talked to the Father, let this cup pass by me, let this cup pass by me, let this cup pass by me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. Not my will, but thy will. All of these characteristics of meekness, Jesus personified. And Jesus could have... One word, he could have taken care of everything. But you know what he did? He remained faithful to the Lord. He trusted in the Lord. He delighted in the Lord. He committed his way to the Lord. He rested in the Lord. And he went to the cross. People spit upon him. They plucked the beard from his face. They beat him with a cat of nine tails. And he asked the Father to forgive them because they didn't know what they were doing. He was meek. Could he have ended it? He could have said the word. And 12 legions. Legions means thousands. It might even be up as far as 6,000, I think. I'm not sure. He could have had 12 times 6,000 angels. Could have taken care of it. But you know what he did? He was meek. Meekness is a result of a thriving, committed, 
relationship to the Lord. And I think the church needs more meek people. In our Baptist churches, we've taken delight in the brashness of pastors being bold and screaming and saying things on the edge. And uh, I, I re- heard of a guy who, it wasn't enough to say that he was an independent fundamental Baptist. He was an independent militant Baptist. That's not meekness. Meekness centers around our resting, trusting in Christ. Not lashing out. Not going overboard. Jesus said to come unto me all you who labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you for I am what? Meek. Gentle. Meek. You are most like Christ when you are meek. How many of you have ever heard of Eric Little? Y'all never heard of it? Chariots of Fire? Y'all not seen Chariots of Fire? Go home and tr- look at it and try to watch it. It's a phenomenal. He was a missionary and he was an Olympic runner from Great Britain. And he refused to run on Sunday, a race on Sunday. And he lost, he got kicked out of that race because he would not race on Sunday because that was his conviction. And he ran a, another race that he was not, that was not his race. <coughs> and um, the American came to him and handed him a piece of paper in a movie. And it's supposed to be true. And he opened it and he said, it was a scripture that said, he, he that honors me, I will honor. That's what the Lord said. He ended up winning that race, and it was not his race. But they said of Eric Little that he was, listen to this, ridiculously humble in victory and utterly generous in defeat. He was ridiculously humble in victory, but utterly generous in defeat. The world views meekness as weakness. The world views meekness as stupidity. But God views meekness as a characteristic of Christ and as a characteristic that should personify our lives. And when we do that, we can be happy. You can be happy. You can be happy. So I would encourage you. When it comes to this matter of meekness, and in my life I've had to thought I thought about this and how I need to confess and, and repent and surrender, how sometimes I am quick to fly off the handle and I, I, I overreact and I'm angry, and that's not the meekness of resting, trusting, um, committing, delighting. In the Lord. Those are just fleshly things. So I need to confess, repent, 
Men, here it is. I need to surrender. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us that we, we should present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And that we should not be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Would you pray with me?